Grady Powell, host of Forest and Fire. Kyle Mann. I'm Jay Warner Wallace. Kira Davis. This is Ben Adams. Hey, this is Dave Baker. Harry Pomeroli. This is Mike Reiner. This is Ethan Nicole. This is Liam Morgan. This is Graham Parker. The 50P. And this is why you should never, 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 never. How I got suckered in. I'm so embarrassed that I'm here. You're wasting your time. You got better things to do. Never listen. Those darling, yummy, Reverend and the Reprobate. Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Reverend and The Reprobate. We are back here again on, uh, well, whenever you're you're getting this. For us, it's Tuesday. Yeah. Look, but I don't know when you're watching this or listening This is literally this. Tuesday that we're recording this. Yeah. Not only because it's uh, the second day after Monday, mm-hmm. but also because it's February 22nd of 2022. This is mm-hmm. Tuesday. My co-host is Lucas Pinkard. He's playing the Reverend today, and I am falling further and further into my role of reprobate. Yeah, so you mentioned in the pre-show that you wanted it's to have fault. a conversation about... It's your fault. ...about this uh, reprobatic behavior. I have just been turning into a giant <laughs> jerk. And it's all your fault, encouraging give, give me, this. Uh, give me an example. Mm, not caring where I put my socks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really not sure how that not, uh, like applies. I don't know. I don't have any great examples. I just have seen if you were do if you were going to do a bar graph of my uh-huh. start time. Yeah, I was like a good person, and then it's just slowly declining with over every the last new episode. eighteen months. Yeah, more yeah. selfish and narcissistic, huh? And more reprobate ish. You are like the uh, the life imitating art of if you give a mouse a cookie. Yeah, I'm like <laughs> I'm in deep character. Nice. Yeah. Is is, is uh, the lovely Mrs. Gibson starting to be like, hey, look, this isn't a method acting class. You can you can stop being the reprobate. Who cares? I like it. Today on the show, we have Josh Soleil from Marvel Let's Play. Josh talks to us about going from video game enthusiast to Marvel employee to red carpet star interviewer, uh, how he picks out his jackets and whether or not he actually does take them from Bruce Buffer's closet personally, which uh, I I gotta say I'm impressed with the man's fashion sense. He's he's got a uh, a killer wardrobe. He does. For sure. He does. Uh, he talks to us about his favorite video games, his favorite board games, what's happening in the new series Moon Knight, and who is an Moon Knight. Uh, as well as a few other little gems along the way in controlled rowdiness. Uh, I, I got to say, of our little series that we've been doing with comic book people, Josh is one of the most fun and energetic oh, yeah. interviews that we've gotten to do. Yeah. It's, it's been an absolute blast. We That's hope why that I you asked guys him to be this. my friend. Yeah, there you go. Make sure that you, uh, you check out uh, The Reverend and The Reprobate on Facebook and join our Facebook group if you want to find out not just who's coming up, but if you have questions that you want to ask to our upcoming guests, put it in our Facebook group. We always ask our group who it is um, that they think we should have on, and whenever we've got an amazing guest on, you can shoot some questions that way. It's an awesome way to interact with us. And without any further ado, which is uh, one of my top two words I use in Wordle, Danley Expo on our sweet, clean airwaves today. We have uh, one of the hosts of Marvel's Let's Plays, also one of the handsomest men on YouTube, as well as... Just next to me. Yeah, well, far down the... He's further towards the one than you are, as far as the handsomer goes. Uh, Don't tell your wife I said that. But I will say, uh, he he was very insightful whenever I met him as a co-host of the Tatooine Sons... Um, podcast where we did reactions to the Book of Boba Fett finale. Well, it is the wonderful, the fabulous, the talented 
Josh Soleil. What an intro, my goodness. Uh, <laughs> thank you guys so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely, dude. So, And also, you really nailed his last name. Thank you. I've been you practicing. I've been, so we've got several people on the podcast who cannot say my last name. And oh, yeah. and as as they've they're like, man, I'm huge fans of yours, Mr. Picknard. And I'm like, oh, cool. You, you must listen like hardly ever if you if you butcher the name that bad. So we uh, we did make sure that we we got Josh Soleil. Daly was rehearsing it beforehand. He was like, Soleil, all right, Soleil, Marvel Soleil, champions, Soleil, Josh Soleil, 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 Soleil. Soleil. So that's yeah, some people like Cirque du Soleil almost. Oh, oh that nice. would have been helpful. Yeah, well, well, see, the the pastor in me wants to flip the E and the A, so I want it to oh. be Selah, but that's that's not it. That's enough is about that, your is last name. that the name. pastor in you or the 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 psalmist? The, all of it. Yeah. It's the pastor, the dyslexic, the bass player, all okay. of the things that people reject. Um, let's, so, let's talk about Josh. Yeah, let's talk about Josh. So I first became familiar with you because of a game called Marvel uh, Champions, and. Yes. I I had gotten into the game. My dad had gotten into the game, and we were like, "Oh, this is kind of a little fun thing." And to I gotta play. say that that's a get to get to get Mister Pinkard. Yeah, into a video game on his he's, phone. He's gonna also he's gonna obsess about it and get all of his kids playing it. Right. So anyway, so we start conquest or contest of champions. It's, it was a ton of fun, and then all of a sudden on YouTube, I see this guy uh, screaming about it. Uh, showing me pictures of a man that's like purely made out of the power stone for a tournament and that I could win an actual isotope. Like what first off, what the heck? And second, like what was your your gateway into, you know, just gaming in general? Because as I went and looked more at your YouTube channel, you've you've done a ton of stuff within video games and that seems to kind of be your wheelhouse. So what was your intro into video games? And what's your favorite oh, isotope? <laughs> oh, wait, what was that? What was that? And what's your favorite isotope? <laughs> But great questions. Oh my goodness. Uh, so you. my first console was the Atari. Uh, I played on the Atari oh, when I was, wow. when I was very young, it was my, it was incredible being able to play that. And then my cousin gave me a Sega Genesis and a Sega CD when I was maybe like eight, nine years old. Okay. And that I owned pretty much every single game you could think of. I died so many times during Lion King, which I don't uh, even want to talk about. Brutal. <laughs> that, that game. And I think battle toads were two of the yes. worst games to ever try and beat as a child. Yeah, so I, I've been growing up with video games. I got a PlayStation 2 and Xbox 360 growing up. Blockbuster was my best friend. Oh, yeah. And comic books as well. I would go to the library after school waiting for my mom to pick me up and read a ton of comics. And that's where my love of comics and video games kind of stemmed from. And after I got the Marvel job, they uh, Marvel Contest of Champions, a huge mobile game that we all know and love, they had a Summoner Showdown. Uh, for multiple years, and I think they, they did it this year as well, but COVID kind of changed up the rule set a little bit. And before it was live in Comic-Con, and so we'd have people come on stage, we'd have the tournament there live, and me yelling is literally the, the perfect example of that. <laughs> yeah, it, it was absolutely awesome to see that, and it, it was so strange seeing you know this little mobile game that it turned into this huge thing, especially at Comic-Con. All right, so, yeah. so how do you go from you know, dying in the Lion King to working for Marvel. Like that's, you said that like, oh yeah, I died in the Lion King and then Marvel came calling. Like that's not anybody else's career path. So how did that work? Uh, if you die 500 times in Lion King, you actually get an email. Oh, that's, from- that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> you are a huge nerd. Please come work for us. 
so yeah, great question. Uh, so I was an actor for many, many years. I went to school in UC Santa Cruz for theater arts, lived in LA for two years, didn't really get where I wanted to go, moved to New York for six years. And in that time at New York, I was always almost right there for, for the shows that I wanted to be on in terms of theater, mm -hmm. but they would not cast me due to not having a high social media following numbers because in terms of entertainers, numbers really matter. And for me, that was a hard pill to swallow. So I gave it a pause. And when I gave it a pause, uh, an audition came on my desk for someone who loves video games, comics, and all things Marvel. I was like, you know what? I'm going to try this. Why not? I'm going to put my name out there and see what happens. So they asked me for a video and I sent them a video of me making a bunch of, bunch of DC and Batman jokes. I'm like, they're going to get a bunch of Marvel jokes in this. I'm going to like do the complete opposite. Didn't hear back for three days. Got a call. Hey, we'd love to meet you. Come on into our office. I was like, are you kidding me? Wait, what? You want me to come into the office? Like, this is insane. So I'm like, okay, I'm not going to wear any Marvel attire. I'm going to wear red and blue because that's like the, the strong colors of a hero, but I'm not going to wear anything that shows I love Marvel. So I threw away hundred percent of my wardrobe. No. <laughs> so I go into the waiting room and everyone who's in the waiting room is wearing Marvel shirts, Marvel pants, you know, just to show them that they, you know, it makes sense. Right. And I meet the, the team and we start talking about board games, fantasy books, Brandon Sanderson, uh, video games, Marvel. And we're just like, I'm hanging out with like high school friends. They put a controller in my hand and they go, play a video game. We want to record you. It's like, you want to, you want to record me playing a video game? What audition is this? What is happening? <laughs> uh, next thing I know, a couple of weeks later, uh, they said they wanted to hire me as a host for their video game content for Marvel Let's Play. And that was February of 2017. And we didn't start until E3 in June or July. Uh, oh, Evo wow. and E3 was our first thing. And then we've been going ever since. That's crazy. And so the only guy that doesn't show up in Marvel gear gets the <laughs> gets Marvel the job. I will tell you, if that was the criteria, I, I would have totally lost. Also, I thoroughly applaud your use of your uh, using Batman as your in for Marvel. Yeah, so let's that, uh, that takes some cojones. Yeah, let's let's <laughs> rewind a little bit. What were some of our Batman jokes that we used? Do you remember any of the stuff that was in the oh, audition? Man. There was one, so I had, so I had, a, I had DC and Marvel stuff all around because I'm a huge comic book fan and, right. and all mm -hmm. so, uh, sorts. And I had this this giant pin. It was like a mega pin of, of it was a yellow pin with the Batman logo on it. And at one point, I like brought it up and I was like, "Let's talk Marvel." Oh, this is the wrong thing. I just like chucked it behind me and I, I don't know, figured, like, broke something. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Well, I'm going to use that take because that was hilarious." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so stuff like that where I would like accidentally bring up dc stuff like paraphernalia around me and be like oh this is the wrong this is the wrong thing so you you start with the marvel let's plays i've seen uh some stuff with spider-man where you're actually getting to sit down yeah. with some celebrities and and play spider-man danley has been pushing for me we are very opposite in we're, we're a split house yeah in our console preferences <laughs> right i've been when i when i stopped playing nintendo stuff i went full xbox yeah, so this like, side is playstation Oh. This side and this side is, is all Xbox. So, uh, like, I've been trying to get him to play Marvel's Avengers. He's been trying to get me to play uh, Spider Man. So, I just, he's letting me borrow his PlayStation console so that I can play Spider Man now. I've been watching yes. some of your, your Let's Plays about it. What do you think has been the coolest Let's Play that you've gotten to do? And coupled with that, like, who's been your favorite person to play with when, if, as you've been doing these videos? Great question. I've been so lucky to have 
such incredible talented people to be on uh, on the show. I'm a huge football fan. So having Nick Foles on there was really cool after he yep. won the Super Bowl, That was insane. Uh, Sam Richardson, he's a huge uh, comedian and a TV uh, actor. You might've seen him on Veep. He was one of my favorites because we would just improv together and just keep going and going and going on the joke. So those are probably two of my favorites, but everyone we've had on has been absolutely incredible. And it's crazy because when they sit down and they're, they start playing the game, they're like, oh, finally, I can just sit and play some video games. Every time I'm on an interview, everyone's like asking me a bunch of questions and now I just to play video games. This is great. So it's really cool to just talk to people and watching them play a game. It changes the whole interview process because they're just so focused on the next thing that they're playing. So they're, they're, I feel like their guard is down so you can just really like connect with them. Yeah, Sam Richards uh, or, or, or Sam Richardson. Yes, um, is is very funny. And I, I I saw I saw the, your uh, your your spot you did with him, and he's actually on uh, a Apple TV after party. I don't know if you, if you're watching that. I've heard of it. I haven't seen that, it yet, though. Yes, it's hilarious. Sam is hysterical, and I'm really I'm enjoying because he's always played. Uh, and I know this is a huge non sequitur, but. Sam has always played like on VP was uh, you know a periphery, periphery, yeah, an auxiliary perf- character. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm really not doing a great job. You no, know, you're this, doing fantastic. But, Keep it up. Uh, but the after party is fantastic. He's the lead. Uh, it's very funny, and yeah, that's it. Okay, cool. <laughs> Did you let him borrow your PlayStation? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he let me borrow his PlayStation. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Look, sometimes, sometimes the show doesn't go as planned, folks, and this yeah. is one of those times. Dan Lee is one of the best friends right now because Horizon Forbidden West just come out, came yeah. out. Oh, and yeah. You are literally borrowing his PlayStation during this huge release of a game. Oh, he's yeah. got a spare PlayStation. Yeah, I have, oh. <laughs> I have two. Well, then in that case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. truth be told, I've he... borrowed his child's PlayStation. <laughs> and... The truth comes out. Yeah, I was. This uh, is we, true. Yeah, we're over. <laughs> he was like, "But how am I supposed to play Jurassic Park?" I said, "You're not going to for a little while." <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he he wanted me to play Spider-Man. He wanted me to play God of War. He was like, "Yeah, I mean that that game. It takes probably like close to 30, 40 hours to get through." And I was like, "Okay, just do it." And I was like, "Here's the thing. My gaming time. My wife uh, has a Friday night out program that that she runs at the gym that she works at." So there's about six hours on Friday night where I get to play video games. And then the next time I'll play video games will be a week from that Friday night for the next six hours. And so as I'm saying, I need this, to take some games back. Yeah. Like, like his <laughs> just play God of War and Spider-Man. Yeah, That's his it. child's face is just starting to like fall slowly as he's like calculating <laughs> the hours. He's like, so uh, Lucas is going to have my, my PlayStation until you're December. Give, you're just like, giving yeah, him. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Good, good luck. Yeah, start mowing lawns. See if you can get a start PS5. mowing lawns. Buy another one. So, 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 Josh, for a non PS4 player who has access to Ghost of Tsushima, yes. God of War, Oof. and Spider Man, what would you recommend he play? Oh my goodness. Okay, well, I have to ask Lucas a lot of questions. Yeah. What kind of games do you play on Xbox? Good ones. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, do you no, prefer open like, world or like, closed? Like, um, somewhere in the middle, like I just got done playing Halo Infinite, which I kind of, which I, I dug. I really like that. Yeah. Um, my, my wife and I, uh, have played Gears and Borderlands. We really dig both of those games, but they're very different, you know, cause Gears mm-hmm. is very straightforward. It's not open world. It's objective to objective. Whereas Borderlands is 
my problem is if I get an open world game, like I'm a completionist. So oh, I have to do. Yeah. You're gonna have to drop that. I have to do every you side have too quest. Too many games to go through. Which this is why I never finished Skyrim. Yeah. Like I've never oh. actually finished the story, yeah, the main story on Skyrim because I get so distracted. Like I'm a level 500 vampire dragon scale werewolf, and like I just look at the dragons Can't and they fall both. out of the sky. You this know. is Lucas bragging to yeah. the people that are listening right now. Yeah, yeah there you go. For, for those of you, those of you who know, no, like I. <laughs> I'm I'm at this point where I'm like super overpowered to do anything because I spent all this time on side quests. I never actually did the real thing. So I'm knowing that that I am a completionist, but that that I kind of swap back and forth. That is the the reason that I I don't tend to go for open world games is because I'll just I'll spend hours and hours and hours and hours and hours on them. So you'll never finish Ghost of Tsushima, uh, <laughs> God of War, and Spider Man are more linear based because you have a smaller map. Okay. So I would honestly start with God of War first because it's a it's a faster game in terms of how many side quests there are compared to Spider-Man. Okay. Spider-Man, if you're a completionist, you're going to want to finish every single challenge, and there are a lot of them, and you might get bogged down by that. Yeah, okay. that's a lot. I, I will say, like, with the Arkham series, I didn't do that because after, like, the fourth thing of the Riddler, I was like, this is boring. I'm, I'm tired. <laughs> I did of not that. collect all the Riddler stuff. Yeah, no, no I didn't either. I'm tired of Enigma, no but way. everything no, I else I did. I'm, I'm I think I did a one else. playthrough, and I did not do it again the second one. Yeah, but anyway, oh. so so you think God of War? I, just because of the games you mentioned, I mean, look, I, I would choose personally choose Spider Man over God of War in terms of what. I mean, man, they're both such incredible. They're games. awesome. Like, it's like choosing children. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I'm, I'm gonna pick children. Do you love? Do you love? Okay, who do you love as a character more, Spider Man or God of War, or like Kratos? Uh, well, as a character, he loves Thor. I yeah, yeah. That's kind of that's kind of the thing. Like my family's Nordic. We've been into Norse mythologies, you know, the whole God of time War. growing up. Easy then. Yeah. Well, does God of War set me up for a letdown with Spider Man? No, no, absolutely not. Because they're they're two incredible games with way different storylines. Yep, Spider Man, much like a comic book, is going to have that. It's not going to have such. Uh, oh, actually, the ending is pretty wild. No spoilers, but it's going to have less of a i guess high tension compared to god of war god of war is going to keep you keep your heart beating on your toes the entire time yeah. whereas spider-man awesome. will keep you entertained enjoy the entire time and then drop you off a cliff at the end rawr, rawr. Uh, <laughs> nice all right that that makes sense so i'm going to start with god of war and spider-man and i'm just going to snap the disc for ghost of tashima and have and then sit it back okay so you you started these the the video games on the Let's Plays. You've had some incredible interviews and things that you've gotten to do there. You just mentioned to us before Danley uh, non sequitur yeah, and then uh, fell apart and then started <laughs> talking about me borrowing his PlayStation. You <laughs> like right, it's important, important yeah, comment. right before I just I'm trying to catch up all the other listeners that are trying to figure out what happened in the last five minutes. Got some out of control ADHD. <laughs> so do you, know, do you know Victor Dweck? So anyway, there there was uh, at the end of your last statement before we we got into this rant question you said that the interviews for you are easier whenever people are playing video games because they let their guard down i'm wondering you know having we've been doing this show now for almost two years in the editing process whenever people let their guard down that means a lot of extra work for us in editing like what have what has your experience been whenever people start to let their guard down in the interview are you having a lot of these conversations afterwards where they're like hey i had a lot of fun 
but from like level three to level five, I'm not allowed to say any of that stuff. You got to cut it all out. <laughs> I would say in terms of what I mean by letting guard down in the sense of they just get to be, be themselves. Yeah. So it, it's, it just feels more like jokey and more uh, less pressure, if that makes sense. Yeah. So when, yeah, when, so when, you know, someone who's been interviewed thousands of times walks in and we're going to interview them it, to them. I feel like sometimes it's like, okay, here I have to just, answer the same old questions, do the same old routine. And when you put a controller in their hand, they play a video game, like, wait a second, this is way different than what I've ever done before. And they kind of start having more fun with it. And it's, it's a more personal conversation because you now can talk to the person playing rather than the actor trying to be something else. That makes sense. That does make sense. Well, I mean, it, we've discussed that too. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Just deflating my sales all day today. Uh, relating indirectly, right? Yeah. If, yeah, if yeah, you're yeah. one to have a, especially among men for, for whatever reason, uh, we tend to relate better when we're not staring at each other. You know, it's playing a video game or in a car, or at a campfire, or whatever. So yeah. it does make sense that you have people in and they they relax when you get to play a game. It's, it's human nature. Yeah, there, it also connects to the... Oh, sorry, go for it. No, no, no. no I was going to say there, there's this weird thing no, whenever you're sitting yes. across the table from somebody versus when you're sitting shoulder to shoulder with them that allows you to just kind of open up in a way you typically wouldn't. So Yeah, it also connects to the, the, the kids in us. I feel like as we grow you know, older we still want to be connected to the thing that brings us the most joy and whatever that might may be. And for a lot of people... I feel like now in our generation, video games yeah. were that. Spider-Man and Batman. And yeah. And being able to play as your favorite superheroes, whether it's web swinging across the world or, you know, if you're a DC fan, being Batman in a Batmobile, that I feel like that brings you such joy that when you were a kid that you never got to do, you're like, oh my goodness, if I imagine what it was like then, now, like dreams becoming reality. I'm with you. Uh, in fact, everything I say <laughs> is not the salacious thing. Like, start out, I'm with you. Oh, stupid. You guys have hilarious you're just chemistry. So I you're love just so it. excited. Oh, thank you. You're so excited. Uh, I love it. But no, no. Uh, back to what we were saying, you know, dreaming, dreaming. What, what would it be like to have a great Iron Man game? Oh, no we, doubt. We now have that with Batman, Spider-Man, you know, some really solid open world superheroes i want an iron man game well have you played have you played iron man vr yet no i don't have a vr set but tell me about it <laughs> so so i mean it's exactly what you, you're talking about a way to play iron man is actually having the vr set on you so you feel like you're actually flying through the world and using about. you know the move controllers as blasters that's what I'm talking about. And now is that for wild. PlayStation? Is that a, P a PlayStation Exclusive VR game? Exclusive for PSVR. It's for the nice. move. He said move. <laughs> it's for Connect. <laughs> for the Connect. <laughs> when was the last time you heard yeah. that word? Okay, um, so I've I've got a question for you as it relates to the way that you're conducting the interviews. Do you find that you miss the couch co-op games mm. whenever you're whenever you're doing these interviews? Because I I was the oldest of four. And so we did so much stuff that was couch co-op because mm -hmm. we were all, you know, playing the game together. It's one of the things I really you love about Borderlands. Of, a bunch of younger siblings whining about not being able to play. Yeah, yeah. Like there was no complaining. It's or, in your best interest to get a co-op. Yeah, or dad could come and, and play with us. And he was like, why do I always have to be the girl? Like whatever that was, like because you, you were the last one to join the game. Um, but but couch co-op is not something that we've seen happen anymore. Do you think that, that that's something that could potentially enhance your interviews? 
Ooh, that's a good question. The typically when we want to do the co-op approach, we play a lot of Lego Marvel games. That's like the Which typical best way to do that co-op mode together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it would be hard for me to be playing at the same time and interviewing. I think I'd be too distracted on playing the game or trying to be good at the game because the gameplay is also being recorded. Right. So if they see me, if they see me playing the game and I'm bad at it, I'm like, oh no, here we go. Here's the guy who's representing Marvel Let's Play, just like losing this and not even conducting the interview well. I feel like it'd be a lot of takes. But I think I think I love I love Couch Co-op. They're some of my favorite games. And now because the, the pandemic and everything, online co-op I think would be an incredible addition to to gaming in general. Because being able to play with your friends all the time online, I play a lot of Apex Legends, and mm-hmm. my friend plays a lot of Call of Duty Vanguard, which I'm not a huge Call of Duty fan, but I'll play it because of him. Right. Uh, but so like I love that chemistry together. So yeah. Yeah, that w- I gotta say that's the thing that I missed, and I know Marvel's Avengers has been kind of a controversial game, but I've really enjoyed it from the beginning, just because I didn't care what Why the characters. Because the characters don't look, first off, they don't look like the movie characters, and that's what a lot of people wanted. And second, there were some things that were PS exclusives that were kind of talked about in the beginning that everybody was going to get, and then whenever they became PlayStation exclusive, that that caused some friction. Versus like with the Destiny releases, where everybody knew in the beginning, hey, Destiny is going to, you know, um, the expansions, the DLCs are going to come out first on PlayStation. PlayStation is going to have some exclusive weapons and things like that that wasn't something that you saw translated in in the Avengers stuff and so it it had a a very um, rocky release for for that reason but I have found myself like really enjoying that game even from the beginning and wanting to be able to to have that couch co-op experience that we got with the early Halo games that we still get with with Gears of War and, and some of the Borderlands games and to that end I've got some questions for you about some of the upcoming stuff that is coming out for Marvel. I know that um, just because you are in the know and we are not, that there are some of these questions that you're going to look at us and be like, man, that is a, I can't talk to you about that. And that's, that's totally cool. But so just say, I don't know nothing about that. Yeah. I don't know nothing. That's, that's beautiful. <laughs> well done. Uh, so I've got a, a Marvel game that I'm really excited about, but I'm trying to curb my enthusiasm for you know various reasons because some games just don't live up to expectations, and that is the upcoming game Marvel's Midnight Suns. So I don't I don't know how much you can tell us about the game or what you're um, and anticipating with the game, but but talk to us a little bit about the characters that have been revealed and which one of those characters maybe you're most excited about. Yeah, I mean, man, I'm I'm so excited for this. So I, I love. We talked about board games earlier. I love right. deck building board games. Some of my favorite games and being able to play a video game where I can essentially have my own deck of of Marvel characters and different actions and kind of like that XCOM feel to it, where it's a real time right. strategy type game. But Blade Wolverine, like, are you kidding me? Like, what in the heck, Sabretooth? I I'm I'm freaking out. They're creating their own Marvel character as well, which they showcased in the trailer, and they already showed gameplay, which I think is really cool. I just think it's. I think it's going to be awesome. I, I I always get my hopes up for Marvel games. I mean, I always get super excited all the time, and I get super hyped, and I I cannot wait for it. There's so I mean, there's so many other characters I'm trying to trying to think of. Is Ghost Rider in, in it? Any... Yes, Bones on Fire and a Motorcycle on Fire with Chains on Fire from Hell yes! is in this game. Cool. That's all you wanted was for me to say that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when was the last time? Other than was it maybe a. The last been, time I think that character was playable was the Nintendo Switch Marvel Ultimate Alliance, yeah, I think, right? Ultimate yeah. Alliance. Yep. Yeah. 
Which so was just, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like I had Ultimate Alliance one and two, but again, I liked one more. Those like were more. those were some incredible games because they mm-hmm. they had this really cool couch co op feel to them, and I'm <laughs> I I and totally missed the entire that. arsenal of Marvel oh, uh, yeah. heroes mostly. Yeah, like people that you've never heard of before. Yeah. Like, uh, oh man, what's his name? He's like the the Marvel version Deadpool. of Batman. Um, Wonder uh, Wonder Wonder oh, Moon Knight! I disagree yeah. with that, by the way. <laughs> that because that, that is a commonly, you know, a lot of it's people so say common. that. They yeah, say, I, I I think I described him as that to my wife recently. I said I pitched to her that that way though. I said it's, you know it's kind of the Marvel version of Batman. So how is it not? Okay, so the reason why I don't think it's the Marvel version of Batman. Tell us. Look, I, I could be wrong. I'm not speaking from any <laughs> any behalf. I'm Batman ready to does not kill. Your information. Yeah. Yep. yep. Moon Knight vigorously kills awesome. second moon knight has um schizophrenia so multiple different identities batman does not have that in terms of he's just got the one just got the one voice and i guess two bruce and you know but there's two identities to every hero in a sense bruce um, and will arnett those are his two voices <laughs> there are moon knight iterations where he comes from a very wealthy background but there's also moon knight where he has the power, or he actually has the power of Egyptian god no- Noshu, a Kenoshu, I think. Yeah. Um, K N O S H U. I don't know the proper way of pronouncing it, which I should. But Batman doesn't have any powers connected to any uh, god or deity at all. It's just a you know I love Batman, but it's a wealthy man with a lot of gadgets. Yeah. And and the anger problem. You could basically say that if if Batman is the same as Moon Knight, what's the difference between Tony Stark and Batman? Tony's got uh, better friends. <laughs> That's what I would go with. Yeah, Tony's got better friends. And he just openly is like, I'm making weapons and I'm going to use them. Yeah, yeah. And when Tony decided... I can't take him, Congress. When Tony decided to make a can't plan... Can't have my personal property. When Tony decided to make a plan to like, to keep all of his friends in check, he just went ahead and nearly destroyed the whole world versus, you know, Batman just nearly killed all his friends. Just killed all his friends. Yeah. <laughs> he, he created the watchtower, and he likes to watch the world from up there. Yeah, no, it's, it's the amount of brooding. Yeah, I think so. That's that's probably it. Yeah, Tony Stark does more drinking. Bruce does more brooding, mm-hmm. and Robert Downey Jr. does less hugging of Tom Holland. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, I I do have to agree with you because I've been a I've been a Moon Knight fan for a while, and and like that's that. one of the that's one of the weird things that people say is because he's got you know the moon orangs and all this stuff, but he's dealing with a he's lot a of a very serious mental health issues that are going on, which cause him to do that. And if anybody was going to compare him to somebody in the DC universe, I think the comparison is probably better to Jason Todd. Like mm. he's a little bit more of the Red Hood style because he's he's really aggressive, um, and and he feels like he's not like Batman is like ah, I'm vengeance. Moon Knight is more like I take out my vengeance and it becomes like his version of justice. Um, but I do have to say one of my favorite panels of it that's been kind of put around lately is Moon Knight talking to Spider Man and Spider Man's like. Hey, Mark. And he's like, I'm not Mark. I'm John. He's like, hey, John. He's like, no, it's Mark again. Mm-hmm. And then because <laughs> he's going through like all these all these different personalities, I think they, they cast a great uh, a great actor with oh, yeah. Oscar Isaac. Who, he's he's going to be great. Yeah. Like it's it's interesting to see him now in this role because it's hard shutting off the your Poe Dameron. Like it was difficult mm. to do that. And then he became Duke Atreides. Yeah. And now he's playing this 
other like incredibly iconic character. What do you think about the casting of Oscar Isaac as Moon Knight? Oh, I think it's incredible. And it was so funny the watching the trailer when they called when they didn't call him Mark, they called him Steven or something, or he went by Steven. I was like, Yeah, why is he Steven? And then there, and then I was like, Oh my god, he's already in one of his personalities. What? I did not see that coming at all. But my first um, experience with Oscar Isaac was that robot movie he did. Oh man, what was it called? I Robot. Ah, uh, no. Oh, sick, no wait a second. Was, that was Will Smith. Was Oscar Thank Isaac. You. We're gonna see whose IMDb is faster. Ex Machina. Dang it. Oh. Uh, Ex Machina, 2014. Strongly recommended. It. it is incredible. He plays opposite Ali, uh, Alicia Vic- Vic- Vikander, if I'm pronouncing it right, who okay. went on to play Tomb Raider. Yeah. Nice. So, should he watch Ex Machina before or after playing God of War? Oh, oh, before. You're gonna finish that faster. Okay. It's gonna don't, still be in the same six-hour period on a Friday night. Play God of War so my son can have his PlayStation back. <laughs> it's a good movie. It's a thriller, psychological thriller, and it's okay. it's if you like those type of movies, it's wild. Yeah, we'll we'll have to I check like that them. out. So when when the the new Disney Plus series Moon Knight hits. Um, are you going to get to do what you've done for the last couple of Marvel movies? Ooh, the red carpet. Which is to go to the red carpet. Is there going to be a red carpet event? Are we going to see you there? I would love to. I don't know. The Typically what they do for the Disney Plus shows is a fan premiere. So they showcase it at typically at the El Capitan mm-hmm. uh, with a bunch of people and people come in and time. say hi. Sometimes the, the stars are there, but it's not really an interview type of thing. It's like, hey, let's just uh, celebrate it together. So I'm hoping, I'm, I, I don't know until until I get the email. So hopefully, hopefully I'll be there. Yeah, it'd be great. All right. Do you hear that? The ghost of Stan Lee, get Josh into... <laughs> the the el capitan excelsior excelsior (laughs) yeah so what what's it been like as a as a marvel fan now getting to be on the red carpet with some of these incredible actors and actresses that have been in some of the the recent marvel movies specifically let's talk about the eternals and with the new spider-man no way home what have those red carpets of events been like because it's been a while since there has been a red carpet because of COVID and everything that's going on, what was it like to be back on the red carpet and to get to talk to those stars? Oh, it was great. The first red carpet I ever did with Marvel was Endgame. So that was like, oh, the bar wow. was so high. No joke. <laughs> I was so nervous. I, oh man, I was, I the entire, the entire night, I, I, I was just like, I was having an out-of-body experience, like an astral projected into that area because <laughs> uh, I couldn't believe it because it was something I, I always dreamed of. And then from there, I did X-Men Dark Phoenix after that. And then there was like a good amount of time where there's a COVID hit. And then we came back with Shang-Chi, Eternals, and Spider-Man. It's, it's, I mean, it's a dream. I, for me, being being an actor first, I, I, don't, I don't get starstruck per se. Right. I love the people I get to talk to and I admire them so much. But I don't get the sense of, oh man, I can't speak to this person because I see it as work. I see it as we're here together. We're representing, you know, the a company and we're here to showcase their work and showcase their talent. But it's great to be able to talk to some people. One of my favorite interview interviewers is Simu Liu, who plays Shang-Chi. He's just so down to earth and he's a huge board gamer and video gamer. So being able to, to connect with him that way, as you can tell him, I'm just a huge gamer in general. Uh, I'm a huge Spider-Man fan. I grew up reading Spider-Man. It's it's one of my favorite Marvel characters. So when I got that email, like, hey, we'd love it if you you know worked the red carpet for Spider-Man No Way Home. I, the first thing I did was like, I called my mom. I called like a bunch of my friends. <laughs> You're not gonna believe it. This is insane. 
And I love how they go, like, what did you expect? Like, you, you, they asked you for the last room. I can't, but you never know. You never know. Right. <laughs> Anything could happen. Uh, so I'm just honored. I'm very honored. And, and, and it's, it's a dream to be able to share the same stage as them for the premieres and talk to them and, and get, to, get to have, a, 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 if not seconds, minutes talking to them and hearing their experience. Well, well good for you, man. That, that is really cool. It does seem super awesome. And like I'm, I've I've loved like like watching all of this stuff, and so many of the people that are in Marvel movies now are people that I've been fascinated with for a long time, uh-huh. right? Like we watched Kim's Convenience, and mm. and I've been a huge. My wife knows this, and very few other people do. I love Aquafina. Okay. I I think not only is she absolutely hilarious, Nora from Queens. yeah, but like all of the all the things that she's she's been through, especially with like the people that have thrown shade at her online, and both who's throwing shade at Aquafina, right? You you would think that, but there are a lot of people that are wanting um, her to to act or to be a certain way, and she continues to just be who she is, and I I love that she's somebody that like is on. If there was a Mount Rushmore of people we wanted to interview, like Aquafina is probably at the top of that list for me. You guys um, leave Aquafina alone. Yeah, yeah. You're, the rest of the internet is on notice now. You but, tell uh, Bentley. Yeah, tell him. you tell yes. him. Um, but the same thing with uh, with some of the people that were in Eternals and getting to interview uh, both uh, Tom Holland and Benedict Cumberbatch um, for the Spider Man No Way Home movie premiere. Like, what was what was that like? And how i guess what was it like interviewing those guys and and how do you approach them knowing that you know you've already talked to them at one point you're gonna see them on you know future red carpets again if you get asked Mm -hmm. back how do you keep you know your your interview fresh with guys that you know that you're going to continue to see and also what does benedict cumberbatch smell like and what's your favorite isotope (laughs) Benedict Cumberbatch glasses were so cool. That was like the first thing I noticed. It's like, man, I don't know where he got those glasses from. Those are incredible. Could, could uh, I yeah, could so, I pull off the red, uh, the red tinted shades, or would I look like a serial killer? I, I don't know. We have to see. We have to see him next. Next, next, uh, next podcast you do. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Put them the on. Shades. Put them on, Ted. <laughs> <laughs> so when we come up with uh, interview questions, it's a, a, a typically because it goes through a lot of a lot of people through mm-hmm. you know because you have to make sure what you're asking is okay, um, no spoilers, etc. Right. So they we all come up with questions together. Then I also send in my own questions of hey, these are the some things I'd love to ask, uh, some fun ones which sometimes you don't really have time to ask because you have like maybe one to two minutes or three minutes. And that's typically one to two questions. Oh, wow. So I love to come up with my own. Like, I think I was able to add, ask Jacob Batalon, who plays Ned, which Spider-Man gadget would you have if you could have any Spider-Man gadget? That's like, well, that was one of my favorite ones to ask him. And, but when it comes to Benedict, I, I was able to ask another one of my questions that I was like, look, Here's Doctor Strange who just saved realities, who saved worlds. And here comes a young Peter Parker asking him to do a spell for, to just have people forget his identity. Like what's going through his mind? And uh, luckily they approved that question for me to ask and I was able to ask him. And he, he, they're just so down to earth. And when you ask a question that they haven't heard of in a while, you kind of see them go, like the gears kind of like, oh, that's that's not one I've, I've been asked recently. And it's kind of fun to... That's what I try and do. That's what I strive for as a host, to try and ask people questions where they aren't used to, oh, tell me about Doctor Strange. What is Doctor Strange like being in this movie? What was it like to put the cape back on? How many times have they been asked that question? But sometimes it's important to to ask that because everyone 
needs to kind of have that snippet of, of audio. Right. So I like to ask those, those kind of deeper questions. Yeah. Do you have special rules? We've, we've talked to some people that have done some, um, movie, I guess like the lead up interviews before a movie comes out. And they've said that there are certain questions, obviously they can't, it can't ask, but that there are certain rules for actors that they are given that says, Hey, if he starts to go this direction, you have to stop him. Mm. The one person where that has been specifically said over and over again is Tom Holland because of his propensity <laughs> from what we understand. He's so to, happy. Yeah. To spoil stuff. Can you confirm or deny that, that you have had those, uh, those same things said to you that like, if Tom starts to go down a bad road, you have to stop him because he won't stop himself. I cannot confirm nor deny that. Okay, sweet. Perfect. Yeah. That's, that's kind of what, what we were hoping for. So, so does Benedict smell like cinnamon and sandalwood? Like just really good. <laughs> it smells like Valhalla. Oh, all right. Cool. All right. I, I mean, knew you'd like that. Yet another reason for me to uh, to what play is, God what of War. What does Valhalla smell like? Cherries? No. Oats. Beer. Yeah, it smells like mead. Beer and roast <laughs> venison. The crisp scent of autumn leaves falling <laughs> off a tree. Oh, man, he smells great. All right. So anytime that there's a red carpet event, everybody um, everybody tends to break down people's outfits. Like, oh. <laughs> This is a wonderful thing, you know, that so-and-so wore. Top five dresses this fall. Where in the world do you get your jackets (laughs) for these red carpet events? Because the only person I know of that wears jackets that are outlandish as yours is is the guy that does, the buffer brother that does the UFC events that just, like, comes out in peak sequence. It's time! I'm like, he and Josh shop at the same men's warehouse. So, like, who picks out your your attire for the red carpet, and where do you come up with these jackets, dude? Because they're outrageous. Oh, thank you. I actually find them myself. Uh, so, so, I don't like stores. to go the typical... <laughs> Like, all right, well, I, I want to be memorable, right? I want right. The, the amount of screen time that I have, you know, I, I also want my career to flourish in, in many different ways. And I was like, okay, well, one way to do that is to, to be eye-catching on these carpets. And I was like, okay, for Eternals, the major color is like a gold. So what if I did a gold jacket? I never wore a gold jacket before, but everyone was like, that was incredible. I was like, well, okay, maybe I'll, maybe that was a good idea. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, hey, you go flashy. You know what I'm saying? Go flashy. Yeah, I, I, otherwise it's a waste of time. I personally, I, I really dig the. Is this blue velvet that we wore for Spider Man yeah. No Way Home? Blue velvet. Yeah. Was it, was it crushed? <laughs> yes, it is. It's it's amazing. It looks like a a blue velvet dinner jacket. It looks like. Uh, what? And and he's wearing Joe Burrow's turtleneck. Like it's an awesome, <laughs> it's an awesome combo hey, that, from a, that he's got going on. <laughs> Well, the reason why I wore the turtleneck for a couple of reasons. Okay. One, Peter Parker tends to always wear a turtleneck in the comics in the early in the early days. Right. And two, Tom Holland tends to always wear a turtleneck in most of his early interviews as well. I was like, okay, I'm going to go the turtleneck approach because it seems to be like the, it's connected to Spider-Man somehow. And I'm going to try it. And I wanted to go more casual approach rather than the more like buttoned up bow tie. So. Yeah. That's where the well, I, well, I commend the attention to detail. Yeah, that much. Oh, thank you. you know, the, the gold, the gold for the Eternals, uh, the turtleneck, because because Peter Parker award in the comics. Yeah, if if it was Solid. me on the red carpet, I'm wearing whatever's clean, or <laughs> or whichever one of my suits stinks the least mm-hmm. going into it. Now you've you've gotten um, you've got your your started video games. Marvel's hired you. You're doing red carpets. 
And now we see starting in January, you are uh, doing some board game stuff, which I'm very fascinated with. I'm having to force Danley to play oh, board yeah. games. We were Let's talking talk about this all a little about board games, a little off air. And you started with a game that I've been very intrigued by, uh, Secret Hitler. Yes. Which is a cringy thing to say. What, it is. What has got you interested in doing videos about board games? So I, oh man, I love board games. My shelf has over 60 board games. I'm, wow. I'm a huge fan. I love just having people together, a community and, and either having a lot of food and, you know, playing a game, just like you, you, you really connect people that way. And so I having, you know, being in a much larger apartment now, I moved from New York to Los Angeles last May and I was like, cool. Now I have space in New York. There's no such thing as space. What is space? There's no such thing. And I was like, okay, well now that I have the space, I can kind of create my own content. And in terms of when you're in the entertainment industry, you all, you kind of are in charge of your own content and you should always put stuff out there, which is what exactly what y'all are doing, right? This awesome podcast. And so I was like, okay, I need to do something that I not only love and a passion of mine, but hopefully that people will watch and see. So I was like, I'm going to do how to board game reviews because I own so many of them. And so I started doing it. First game was Secret Hitler, which is a great party game. If you have anywhere between six to 10 people, you can play with five, but I prefer more. It's a lying and deceit game. I did Munchkin and I think I might do code names next because okay. editing Munchkin took like a week and a half and that was just way too long. <laughs> so when when you did Munchkin, I haven't seen the Munchkin one. When when you did Munchkin, did you do the original Munchkin or one yes. of the Okay, because, because Munchkin, yeah, we, we played. The, yeah, Munchkin uh, is the a game version. that I that I just I own all. To. I own all the expansions for the Marvel, and I was gonna do that one after, but I was like, oh man, this Munchkin game just took too. It, there's just so many rules, so yeah. many rules. That's my problem. Is I get bogged down in the rules, and I just want to play the card that goes charging in. <laughs> so th- let's uh, let's tell let's do a little story time about what. We started playing because Danley for years was obsessed with the idea of playing Dungeons and Dragons, mm. but he did not possess the patience to be mm. able to create a character and all this. So we decided we were going to play uh, Fantasy Flight's Lord of the Ring Journeys into Middle Earth. Yes. And and all of those. It's a wonderful game. Uh, it's a great dungeon crawler. And it is one that like allows you several breaks throughout the chapters. You don't have to have a, a game master or a dungeon master, however you want to put that, because there's an app that does that, um, which you can get on Steam or on Android or any of your Apple devices. It's, a, it's really awesome to just be able to not think about that part of the game. Well, all of the characters are very well balanced based on their personalities. Aragorn in particular, Aragorn being Danley's favorite, is is the character he picked, which he killed nearly every like new place we got into because he decided that Aragorn needed to go take on the Balrog. Charge right it. Yeah, absolutely. Like by <laughs> <got> himself. <laughs> so I uh, only died one time. I almost died every time. <laughs> But there's only one time that the game was ruined, and I was like, I'm out. So uh, you said you've got over 60 games. You just did uh, Munchkin. You know, what, what are your, let's say, top five board games right now that you think everybody needs to play? Yeah, great question. Yeah. Uh, one game that I think you should play, which I don't know if you've played yet, is Gloomhaven. Never heard of it. Okay, Gloomhaven. so it's Dungeons & Dragons. Okay. But 
a board game. So you have 10, I think at least 10 characters you can choose from, but at the beginning it's five. You level them up, you name them, you choose uh, what kind of uh, skills they are. Each character has its own like tank, healer, archer, etc., thief. And it's a full campaign. It's a, a hundred page uh, book where you go through each campaign and you can, it's a choose your own adventure. So if you choose something, it closes off, <clears throat> it closes off other quest lines. So you can't do choose kind of like mass effect. Are you good or bad type of thing? You right. open up boxes because it's a legacy game, putting stickers on the board, equipping different, ma- it's, it's one of the best games ever. Do you have to do this stupid run like they did in mass effect? <laughs> <laughs> you do not have to do this. but there is an elevator actually in the game where it takes like five hours to go through. no there's not <laughs> oh, sweet that's perfect that's what i was really hoping for <laughs> uh so if you're into dungeons and dragons fantasy type games gloomhaven is definitely up there yeah it's if got a really like, good rating of yeah. board game geek yes yeah, it's the, a, it's the frost haven which was kickstarted uh last year made them i think gloomhaven made the most money at like 12 million or something dollars oh, wow. on kickstarter something insane and frost haven made almost as much if not more and that's coming out next year nice okay so gloomhaven is is in your your top five what else yes if you're a fan of Catan, mm-hmm. scythe is a more adult version of Catan. so it takes off the dice rolling element of it i love Catan, but it's all based on the dice roll and that kind of right. takes out the strategy implement of it scythe is in a sense same vein of Catan in the sense of you build up your base, you build up your 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 village, and you can attack if you like to, or you can choose not to, depending on how you want to expand your space. If you like want to be a coward, but it, it takes it takes the dice rolling out, so it's all based on your move and your strategy. Oh yeah, all your base are belong to us. Yeah. I am taking it like immediately. Yeah. Require okay. additional pylons. Yeah, yeah. Uh, move, move, zig. So, uh, all right, Gloomhaven, Scythe. What else we got in our in our top five? Oh, I mean, Risk. Risk is one of my favorite games of all time. I grew up playing Risk. Me and my friends in high school and, and, and middle school would watch all three versions of Lord of the Rings uh-huh. while playing Risk and baking bread. <laughs> this is wow. what we do. We'd be up from 7 p.m. to 7 in the morning. So it's that. cinema, home ec, and, uh, and PE class. <laughs> and a world domination. In, all yeah. in one, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I really like uh, that trifecta. Yeah, so... Yeah, it's great. So Lord of the Rings, the, bread. Does the dice rolling in Risk, um, does that bother you? Because so much of Risk is based off of... I mean, more of Risk, I think, is right. based off the dice roll than any other game. You're totally right. But I guess the difference of Risk and Catan is you need dice rolls in Catan to actually build up or get anything. Right. For Risk, you're still building up and, and acquiring troops. It's gotcha. just the attack is RNG. Right. Yeah. Okay, so Bloodhaven, Risk, uh, Scythe. What else we got? What are what are our final two? Round us out. Oh, man. Have you heard of Clank? Clank's really good. I've heard of Clank, but I've never played Clank. Clank's fun. It's a deck-building game. I, I don't know if it's top five, but... You go through this dungeon. It's very competitive, and you build your deck, and you try and go through it first. I'm trying to think of other games. I I've never heard of oh. any of these words. Uh, You've heard code of names. Code names. I think code names might code be top names. five. Okay, there you go. Code names is going to be your next video. You said it is. Yeah. It is code because yeah, it's an easier one. Yeah. All right, I I gotta say, if you're a fan of Risk, you ought to try Star Wars Rebellion if you have it. I- my friends tell me about that, but it's a it's an expensive game. It is an expensive game. It's it's gonna cost about a hundred bucks, but it is it's really it's between a three and four hour play. But it's if like the people from Risk would have thought about doing the game without the dice. 
Um, so it's it's a ton of fun. It was uh, rated top 20 on Board Game Geek for a few years in a row. It's an absolutely awesome game. Um, well, to end all of our interviews, Josh, we end with Wait, you got to give me five of your board oh, games. Oh, yeah. Oh, five of mine. Uh, Star Wars Rebellion is definitely in there. Munchkin is in there. We're really, really digging right now. Um, Hail Hydra. Yes. Which is uh, which is a lot of fun. I was I was worried about how that one would go. Um, is that a board game? Or is that a deck? Just a deck of cards? No, Hail Hydra is a, a board game. Okay, yeah, because because you got the the board in there. Uh, Risk, I gotta say, <laughs> and uh, and the last one that I think everybody should play is the Gamer Monopoly, the Mario series. Because if you hated Monopoly, this makes Monopoly fun again. And if you're a video game player. Um, there's there's no better group of characters to play with and to just ruin your friend's day than like throwing a turtle shell at him uh, in the Monopoly game with Mario. Those those I think are probably my top five, and that kind of runs the gamut between the people that are super serious gamers with Rebellion versus the the people that are you know casual kind of want to play with their family and um, just you know have everybody go to their room because they fought too much and nobody has dinner after after a game of gamer Monopoly. Well, we end all of our interviews, Josh, with a segment we call controlled rowdiness. <laughs> And these are going to be rapid fire questions, which you can answer uh, as briefly or with as much length as you would prefer. There are no right answers, but there are several wrong ones. So don't step on any of those landmines. And Danley, we'll let you take it away. Okay. Josh. Yes. What is the ultimate team loadout for Mass Effect? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, you're telling me back years. Okay, got to go quick. Uh, I'm not going to remember any of these names. Garrus, uh, the, the reptile one. tank guy. Uh, yes. Rex. The, the alien guy in the spacesuit. Garrus? Is that yes. No, yeah? Yes, Garrus. Yeah, yeah, Garrus is the awesome one. Yep. He's you can choose sniper. four or yeah. three? Three. Three. And then the last one is the, I think, the female scientist that I had a love interest in. I Tal- can't Talia? Tali, Tali Zora? I think so. Or does she have squid hair? Squid hair. Squid hair. That's Liara. That's one. (laughs) Okay. Well, there you go. I had a a love interest with Liara as well. (laughs) I knew I liked you. Yeah. So we have a little, little, um, what's it called? Love triangle. Yeah. There you go. All right. um, Who was the better Sherlock, Benedict Cumberbatch or Robert Downey Jr.? Oh, man. That's a tough question. I'd have to go Benedict. Yes. Oh, okay. I wholeheartedly agree. I love BBC Sherlock. I mean, they're both great, but the BBC Sherlock hit hit strings. Oh yeah, yeah, it yeah. hits different. It is. It hits different. <laughs> it's different. Um, I, I just had it and it escaped. <laughs> you go. Okay. Oh, so, I've got it. Yep. Here no, it goes. I lost it again. No, all right. Great. Uh, Spider-Man: No Way Home. You got to do the premiere. Um, who did it best? Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, or Tom Holland? Not in their specific Spider-Man movies. Who did it best in Spider-Man: No Way Home? Oh my goodness. That is a tough question to answer. So I'll say they both did, they all three did amazing in their roles. (laughs) I'm going to go the, I'm going to go the the pass approach on that one. Wow. So (laughs) diplomatic. Keep keep going. I still don't have it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay. Who was the best Batman? Ooh. Oh man, that's a tough question. Uh, Tell you what, I'll give okay, you the best. My favorite Batman movies were the Christopher Nolan movies. Okay, okay. But the best Batman answer. is either Michael Keaton or George Clooney. Okay, you can include Will Arnett as Lego Batman. Ooh, and Kevin, Kevin Conroy. Conroy. Yep. 
from the. I can uh, include Kevin Conroy. Oh, then yeah. Kevin Conroy. That's not even the question. Hands down, <laughs> correct answer. Incorrect. Again. Will Arnett is the best Batman because uh, he we, was not afraid to go deep into the character's personality and capture something no one else did. We we have a. This is like South and North Korea right here. <laughs> this is the this is the line that separates the 38th our parallel. Our yes, yeah, our strict disagreement. That yep. Kevin Conroy is the best, and Will Arnett's the best. Kevin Conroy, he's just the he's the he's, he's the one. He's the, he's the goat. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. If Moon Knight is not the closest character to Batman in the Marvel mm. Universe, other than Tony Stark, who is the closest character to Batman? Other than Tony Stark, come yeah. on, what is yeah, this? Well, you got to eliminate it, right? We got to make the question challenging. That's a tough one. Um, maybe Hawkeye. You're wrong. It's Thor because Thor's got a rich dad, and and he's Thor has powers. Terrible. He can, he can, he can control and, uh, thunder. <laughs> Hawkeye, Hawkeye's pretty wealthy, and he uses gadgets. Okay, let, let's go next with a prediction sure to go wrong. Okay, let's do Jonathan it. Jonathan Majors has uh, premiered as Kang. Spoiler yes. alert to anyone who's not watched Loki several months ago. <laughs> a year ago. <laughs> Is it a year? Yeah, it's only, it's no, no a year. way. Is a year. Was yeah, it it's, year? Been, no it's close to a year now. Wow. Okay. Yep. Uh, what do you think is going to be his first big, I don't know. Conquest? Yeah, sure. There you go. Mm. My question sucked today. I, I don't know what, how they will. I was honestly surprised we saw Kang and Loki, to be honest. With I, you. I was too. Yeah. I was very surprised. And I wonder if that was a variant. A variant of Kang or not? I, there's so many theories that I've been. I love every time a Marvel show or movie comes out. I read, I go on Reddit, and I just scoured the theories. So, it's like I want to see what everyone's thinking. Yeah. So, so nothing bad so, ever so happens whatever. on Reddit. <laughs> <laughs> so, what never. is going to be Kang's big kick the door in appearance? I think who's he fighting? Oh, who's he fighting? I mean, uh, I don't know. Oh man. I think he's already he's already said he's going to be in Ant Man Quantumania, right? They already said he was going to be in that one. Yep. Yes. So I would imagine that would be the first time we see him since then. That's and my does guess. He, does he punch at Ant Man? <laughs> he doesn't need to. He just needs to turn back time. All right, yeah. and uh, final question: We have seen in the new Doctor Strange movie that there's a lot of things from What If that will be worked into it. We also see Stephen Strange before what we assume is the Illuminati. And uh, we also get a beautiful picture of the man, the myth, the legend, Patrick Stewart, who who is on screen. In, is he uh, on screen or we we think he's on screen? No, we we know that that is <laughs> that's that, the thing. I don't that, know. I don't that, even know. That is the world's <laughs> favoritest head. Is that there's <laughs> the voice. The voice was pretty spot on. Too, yeah, the, the voice. Yeah, there is there is no the more world's favoritest head yeah. scrolled in the screen. We all know who yeah, it was. There is no more recognizable dome than that. Yeah. Um, than that of Patrick Stewart. So, uh, if as much as you're allowed to tell us, right? Do you think we're going to get an appearance by Sir Ian in this oh. Doctor Strange movie? Do you see that that's something that could happen? Is that a possibility that's out there? I have no idea. I have no idea. I would love to see Magneto in it because Magneto is one of my favorite characters of, right. of X-Men and, I mean, uh, and of Marvel because his storyline is so incredibly not only dark, but just heart-wrenching. I mean, yeah. hey, if Magneto shows up in this movie, I will jump out of my seat in the theater and be like, oh my God! Do you out. do you think if Magneto does show up in this movie that Wanda will finally get to confront her dad about all the issues that he's caused her? Ooh. Or do you think since that's an MCU thing that yeah, they're that's... like, no, Wanda's issues are because 
of vision, not because of, of daddy. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's the, the question that comes to my head with that is if you introduce another character that's connected to Wanda's life, does that minimize her power? Does that minimize why she's doing the things she's doing? And I don't know. I have no idea. I, I don't know what the, what they're drafting up and how the, it will go because I, I think it's way crazier and way darker for Scarlet Witch to just be a villain. Yeah. Without, without any family ties. The, the correct answer was that agent Coulson comes back and steals <laughs> the dark hold from agent ward and Wanda goes and chases them into another area of the multiverse, but good try, Josh. We appreciate you playing this game. Um, man, last, thanks. Thanks. Last oh, question. oh, you got another one. Oh, Will you be my friend? Of course. Oh, thank you. Will you be my friend? Yes. Uh, jury's Wholeheartedly, out. yes. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you know after I play God of War. Send oh, me your PlayStation. Send, send both of me your PlayStation uh, uh, names on, on Twitter. I got to go it. make one. Otherwise, you'll be playing with Dan Lee's kid. All right. Hey, Josh, thanks so much for being on the show, man. Uh, tell our audience where it is that they can follow you on social media and where it is they can catch your latest stuff. Yeah, Josh Soleil on Instagram, Josh D. Soleil on Twitter because some kid has Josh Soleil. Uh, www.joshsoleil.com for the website. And yeah, you catch me on Marvel, Amazon, Adorama, uh, streaming for a bunch of different companies and gaming stuff. And yeah, yeah, a little bit about me. Yeah, just as long as you don't catch them outside. Josh Soleil, thanks so much for being on the show, man. We appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Josh freaking Soleil. You like how I worked in the word salacious? I did, yeah. You did uh you did really good during this interview. Whatever. <laughs> you don't have to you don't have to I say think, that. No, I think you uh I think you did. I do think you um <laughs> you did have another moment like where you you start to uh, ask a question and then tell a story and well, then give up. There's sometimes <laughs> that like I don't necessarily have a question, it's just something that I want to say. And then I realized, like, this is really <laughs> awkward because they're, you know, we should be prompting the guests to give us some information. Instead, I just kind of float something out. <laughs> it just sits there and everyone look at me. I'm like, what? Look at the thing. Look what I said. Comment on that. <laughs> I made this thing and I put it out there. It was it was it good or is everyone, why is everyone being quiet? <laughs> The good news about Josh is that he is a professional interviewer, so he, oh, knows, yeah. he knows how to fill space. And it, and he no, did no you two just job. let me flounder. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, oh, you guys have a great podcast. And we're like, you didn't have to shut say up. that. <laughs> I thought I told you to shut, shut up. up. <laughs> Man, uh, it, was, it was a blast having Josh on. He's a really interesting guy. I love his story going from a video game enthusiast to oh, yeah. working for Marvel with the Let's Plays and now... Walking into, I'm never getting this gig. Yeah. And, and then getting it. And now he's doing Marvel Red Carpets? Yeah, interviewing Benedict Cumberbatch, who smells like Valhalla. Yeah, which, he's so he smells mythical. You know, I always knew it. Yeah. And I always it, knew. It seems like it fits. Benedict also, smells great. So there's, a, there's something about I his... I know it, and all the ladies know it. Because they all love some his Benedict His glasses... Benedict Cumberbatch's glasses that he wore to the Spider-Man No Way Home premiere, as we were talking about, like it, Tony Stark. Right? I was going to say they look like the Friday glasses yeah. that he gave to uh, to Spider-Man, mm-hmm. um, Peter Parker, aka Tom Holland, and uh, he I'm, gave an overpowered weapon to a high school. Kid. I'm wondering if Very that's. Uh, do you think that that could be some a kind little, of? Little, uh, 
little subtle hint. Yeah, is it is it a subtle hint? Because there is rumor that in the new Doctor Strange movie that one of the things we're going to see is we're going to see a variant of Iron Man as part of is the it, Illuminati. Isn't it Ultimate Iron Man? Which is, uh, which is holding Stephen Strange under trial for messing with reality. I don't, I don't know. know. I guess we'll see. I don't know. We we really don't know. It could be Tom. I, There's rumors you know, that it's I, Tom Cruise. You know, I think I think. Please Benedict tell us. Put your thoughts into me. I think Benedict Cumberbatch's ways mm-hmm. are just his own, and he does things like like we would expect him to. A guy that can play Smaug and Sherlock Holmes and Doctor Strange, among many others. Yeah, uh, I think it was brilliant. An imitation game. If you haven't seen that, I have. That's a phenomenal movie. Yeah. Um, but Josh Soleil. Yeah, Josh. Well, I guess I'm going to go home. And, my friend, uh, Josh Soleil. My friend, Josh Soleil. <laughs> you guys, make sure that you check out Josh and all of his new stuff, his new video on code names and his other board games reviews, mm-hmm. his Marvel Let's Play stuff, as well as the things that are going on at the red carpet. There's links to all of that stuff in the show notes. Please go and support him and check his stuff out. And if you want to, if you've already seen the book of Boba Fett, you've seen the season premiere, and you want to know what we think is going to happen in the next round, check out uh, our interview with Josh and uh, David Jesse from Tatooine Sons as he had us on the show the hour to talk about stuff. Uh, no, my, me and Josh. <laughs> our. Oh. <laughs> well. Um, Yeah, thank you guys once again for watching The Reverend and the Reverend. But y'all have good get give. Make sure to slap like and uh, stay funky, bros. What's up, everybody? I'm Josh Soleil from Marvel Let's Play, and this is why you should not listen to The Reverend and the Reprobate, because Lucas hasn't played Marvel Spider-Man.